Welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast, and we are doing a special series just for Advent, where every day for a few minutes, we will come into your earbuds and share with you biblical truth, bringing hope, and pointing you to Jesus during this Christmas season. It is going to be so good. Let's dig in. Good morning, friends. Okay, we're digging straight in, skipping the announcements and the fun stuff. So you will hear background music because my kids are all home and they're having a dance competition. And because, I mean, why not? It's Christmas break, right? (laughs) Okay, today we are jumping into Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25. This is the prophecy of John the Baptist's birth or the birth of John the Baptist foretold. Listen in, dig in, friend. Listen to these words. (laughs) Don't zone out on me, okay? Verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of a really fancy word. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were both very old. Once, when Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zachariah saw saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. I mean, duh, but that's okay. Keep going. But (laughs) the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with You'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born, which side note we see later, but okay. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God, and he will go on before the Lord and the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord, man. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Verse 19, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple, right? Because he was just supposed to light the incense and get out of there. Verse 22, when he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service completed at the temple, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. Verse 25, The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Man, I just wanted to stop so many times during the scriptures and just talk about it. But we're not going to do that. We're going to read through it. And then I just have three quick points 
to encourage you with, okay? One, why is this important? Because Malachi prophesied the birth of this child, John the Baptist, long before calling him the messenger who would clear the way for another messenger. We know that John the Baptist cleared the way for Jesus. I also love if you scroll up in your Bible in verse... Well, all of it, but verse 16, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of people back to God, to make a people prepared for the Lord. That was John, John the Baptist, John the way, like that was his role, which is, I mean, could you imagine the honor and Zachariah and Elizabeth get the honor of carrying this child, but number two, you knew I was going to go here. Let's not doubt like Zachariah. He, like, homeboy did not even ponder it. It doesn't say, like, he took time to think about it. He pondered it. He was like, nah, bro, how do I know you are who you say you are? How do I know you're telling the truth? Which, to me, like, blows my mind because he's literally Gabriel the angel. And so I know in, like, American society, we picture angels, angels like, soft and, and whatever. But Gabriel was not, like, the soft little whimsical angel. He was an angel. Like, he was the man. So... I don't know. But anyways, the point is there's a difference in Mary's response that we talked about last week and Zachariah's response. Mary's response was instantly, she asked a question, but it was like practicality. It was not doubting. She instantly believed. She was instantly ready to be like, let it be God if this is your will, right? Zachariah was like, this doesn't make sense. This isn't possible. He thought logically and was like, this can't happen. So Am I ready to believe no matter how impossible it seems? There might be promises that God has for you that are completely out of this world. They don't make sense. I've experienced personally and in my marriage and my family things that do not make sense. Like at all. Yet things happened. Money showed up. People were healed. Miracles happened. Like are we willing to believe no matter how impossible that thing seems? Let's not be like Zachariah here. Okay. Number three, Zachariah the priest and his wife Elizabeth were, it says, righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord in Luke 1, 6. Basically, they obeyed God. They demonstrated their faith through service. He was holy enough to be at the priest level, right? And so, yet they did all the right things, yet they still struggled with infertility. Back in the day, we won't go super deep in this, but you need to know context-wise, it's not the same infertility that we deal with today. It was a huge deal. Your role as a woman was literally to birth children, preferably sons. If you did not have children, it was a huge cultural no-no. You were disgraced. You were looked down upon. It was a whole big thing. So no, this isn't a little deal. Like, yes, not only did she want kids for herself and her family, but culturally, it was a big deal that she did not have children. But... Here we go, friends. Listen to this. God's people, us, the people of Israel, especially, they understood this unfulfilled desire. Why? Because they had been waiting for God's promise of a redeemer for so long. And it's just now in this story coming to fruition, right? With Jesus' birth. But we need to remember that God keeps his promises, period, done, end of sentence. His promises are not dependent on our righteousness or on the righteousness of the, our to-do list, our things we do, any of that. His promises are not dependent on us at all, but on the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. There are times in our life 
and times in God's people's life all the way back then when problems are so big but that we can't move forward, we can't see hope, we can't see light, we can't see a solution to our problems, right? But in the Bible, there's lots of stories that share that there is no hope and then God comes, right? Our two favorite words, but God. We serve a God who there has no dead ends, there has no um, lack, there has no anything. This is the God who will make a way in the wilderness. This is the God who does miracles and signs and wonders. This is the God that will take a situation and flip it on its head for his glory. We get to serve that God. In scripture, we are encountered by a God who always works for good. Even if we jack it up, he specializes in making a way in the wilderness and opening up a future when there is none. Often, like all the time, <laughs> we don't understand God's ways or his timing, but we have to have faith, not like Zachariah, more like Mary, in that it is one, good because God is good, and two, that he is a God of promises and he fulfills his promises on his timing and in his way, but he fulfills his promises. I hope this scripture encourages you today. I hope you recognize how miraculous and cool and amazing this story is and how we can have hope in a God who fulfills his promises. See you tomorrow.